midst of us, God. And we invite you, God, to move the way you want to move, to say what you want to say in the midst of us on today. We thank you for signs and wonders following God. This word, God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for truth, God. We thank you, Father. We just glorify your name. And, Father, I thank you that as I open my mouth today that you have already filled it. I thank you, Father, that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew, the 8th chapter. And I'm going to begin at verse 5 in Matthew, the 8th chapter. Hallelujah. And that's the beginning of the Gospels, amen? If you're in the Old Testament, you haven't arrived yet. (laughs) Matthew, the 8th chapter, verse 5. Let's hear what God has to say unto his people. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, There shall be weeping and gashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. You may be seated. I want to talk about something that I taught on, and it's been a while, but I'm going to bring it back, and I believe God is going to bring it in a different way. I want to talk about God can, God will, it's already done. I want you to say with me, God can, God will, it's already done. Say, God can, God will, it's already done. Now, I want you to say, what are you worried about? If God can, God will, and it's already done, what are we worried about? And I believe the reason why we worry is because we don't trust the one who can, who will, and it's already done. Because we allow our concerns and our worries to be exalted above whom he is. Y'all, I'm telling you something. You hear so many people talking. You hear things coming through the airwaves, through the radio, through the television. And as people sit there and watch these things and they're listening to these things, remember that the enemy want to use your ear gate, your eye gate, your mouth gate. He want to use these things to turn you away from truth. So if we don't, if we have to focus more on the truth, then we're focusing on the world. Understand this, you are in the world, but you're not of the world. 
You are in the world, but you're not of the world. And Jesus' prayer in John 17, he recognized that those disciples was going to be there without him. He didn't tell God to take them out. He did not. He did not tell God to take, take them out. Basically, his prayer was to keep them. Keep them from evil. How was they going to be kept? By sanctifying them in truth. When we get set apart in truth, we can be kept. If you want to be kept. Some of us are so in tune with what we're hearing, we're forgetting about who we are in him. The church have left who they are in God. We're looking at what the world is saying more than we're looking at what God has already said. The Bible said we shall know the truth and the truth is what sets us free. If you have not, if you don't know the truth, then you're walking just like anybody else with not having what you already have, this life that's already on the inside of you. So God brought back to my attention. I was sitting before God and I was just talking to him and asking him questions and God told me to go back here to dealing with this centurion. And God had me to take verse by verse. Let me tell you something. When you really take the word of God for what it is, the Holy Spirit will begin to pop up. He will begin to show off. He will begin to show you some things and you just can't even be still. You'll be like, wait a minute, God, wait a minute. Let me grab that first. Because God want to show us life, y'all. God want us to speak life. He don't want us to speak death, no matter if death is in front of you. Understand, you're carrying the spirit of life. But we have a tendency to speak what everybody else is speaking. You got to understand you're different. You're representing the spirit. You're representing above, not beneath. And some of us are taking chances on our life. It's like playing, what is it, ricochet? Russian roulette. We're taking um, chances with our life. So God wants us to stay focused on him and stay focused on this word. So when we look at this, when it's first starting out, it said, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, just like Jesus is here right now. You know how I know he's here? Because he's in me and he's in you. If you bo- Come on, we got so much in here that's a part of us if only we would believe. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He only want us to believe in what his word has to say unto us. So I'm going to ask you today, what are you believing and whom do you choose to believe? I'll say this. We do watch the news. The news do give us things that's going on around the world. But we don't take that personal. When we watch something, we use the word of God to come against what they're saying that's not true. We don't sit up there and take it in because we got scientists. Scientists are out there for a reason. Yes, they are. But when they're not lining up with truth, you don't go on what they're saying. You got to line up with what God is saying, not with what man is saying. The Bible said God is not man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. God is not going to change his mind. Whatever is written is written. That's why God rested on the seventh day. Because God said, I done done everything that need to be done. So I can rest because I'm not going to do it all over again. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. My God has done everything that need to be done. And he gave us the right to carry out. What's already done. God can, God will. It's already done. 
But what we going on, we still waiting on man to fix something that man can't fix because they're not God. What man does only lasts for a little while. I'll give you an example. I always go here. We're born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which is the word of God, which endures, which endures, which endures, so it's never ending, right? No matter what we do, the word never ends. Heaven and earth shall pass away. This is what the word of God says. But the word of God shall do what? It's going to remain. It's going to last. It's going to outlast everything, right? So when man creates something, it only lasts for a certain period of time. Give you an example. If you take a Tylenol, when are you going to take it again? And you're going to take it after that, and you're going to take it after that, and you're going to take it after that. Is that not right? When you take your blood pressure medicine, when are you going to take it again? Before you eat pig feet and pork chop. Is that not true? Come on, everything that you got, it has an elapsed time. Does it not? Is that not true? But you depend on it as long as you can. You get a prescription, it only lasts 30 days. After 30 days, what do you do? Why do you refill it? Tell me, why do you refill your prescriptions? Because what? Because you know, if we keep that in mind, it's time for a refill. It's time for a refill. Just like when a waitress come to your table and you drink all that tea and that Pepsi and that sun drop and that Mountain Dew, you be waiting for a, because it don't last, right? So when you get so full of it, you feel like don't want no more. But after a while, you feel like I need another drink, right? But when it comes to the word of God, there's no ending. So why wouldn't we want to take something every day that brings life that never stops? We take other things above this is because we put more belief in that than we do God whom we supposed to serve. Hello, somebody. Now, people are getting upset right now because the things that you count on, you don't want somebody to come up against. The only thing I'm using is an example. So if you got offended, it's because you're feeling guilty. I didn't bring no guilt to you. I'm just bringing truth. See, what truth does, it riles up. It, it brings up what's in you that need to come out of you. See, God is about light. He's not about darkness. So when truth come in the room, it's going to expose the darkness that's amongst you. God is about truth. He said, have I not said it? Shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? I am God. I am Elohim. I am the creator. I'm El El Yon. I'm the most high God. I am that I am. And I can do exactly what I said I'm going to do. God is not going to go back and do anything again. It's finished. 
So when we look at this, first, the fifth verse, it says, And Jesus, when he entered Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. First of all, let me tell you about a centurion. A centurion is a Roman soldier. And this Roman soldier have a hundred men up under his authority. So for this Roman soldier to come to Jesus, you know, they don't um, entangle themselves with the Jews. No, no, no. They don't supposed to be, you know, in a circle with the Jews. So for him to come to Jesus, a Roman soldier, he was coming in humility. So this is the first thing that God is saying unto us. You got to humble yourself. You got to get over you. See, in order for us to do what God has called us to do, in order for us to do what God has called us to do, you got to get rid of you. It's not about you. See, when you always own you and what you can do, you walking in pride. When you always trying to tell people what they need to be doing and what they don't need to be doing outside of this word, you are in pride. Come on, look, y'all, when you look at the news, when you hear the news, how often do they say God? They always mentioning man, what man can do, what man say, what this one say, what that one say. Well, what did God say? I know um, George Washington Carver, y'all know he was this inventor. And he would wake up early in the morning and he would get in a quiet place. And he would hold up things before God and he would say, Mr. Creator, how did you create this? And he would wait for an answer from God because they were looking to him for answers on things that was dead and looked like it wasn't going to have life. So he knew I have to go to the life giver, which is God, because God created it. So God know how it work. I'm not going to give up on it because it don't look like it's alive. God can bring what's dead to life. So I'm going to wait on him and I'm going to acknowledge him for who he is. So guess what he was doing? He was getting outside of himself. He was leaving himself out the equation and he was going to Elohim. He was going to God. He was going to Jehovah, the self-existing one. The one that didn't have anyone to create him. So this is what the centurion was doing. He was getting outside of himself. When you look in the word of God in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter... It's it's talking to the elders. Peter is talking to the elders and he's telling them their roles and what they should do, what they shouldn't do. But he gets to the point. He said, younger, submit yourself to the elders. So he says, submit. That means to come into subjection of them. Why was Peter talking like this? He said, this is where humility starts. When you have someone that's over you, that God has put over you. When you can humble yourself and submit to that authority, you know you're walking according to who God is. Some of us right now on jobs will not humbly submit ourselves to authority. Because we think they know more. We know more than what they know. So he said, the younger, I want you to submit to the elder. I want you to submit yourself to them. But then he goes on to say, he said, and then I want you to submit yourself All of y'all submit yourself to one another. Then he said, be clothed in humility. Put humility on. Clothe yourself in humility. And then he said, God resists the proud. But he gives grace unto the humble. So what is he saying? God opposes. He's against the proud. What is that saying? When you think you are 
so high that you can't come down, God opposes that. God is not going to release anything on that even though he's already done what he's done. That's not who God is. So this centurion knew, I got to humble myself. I got to come out of who I think I am just because I'm over a hundred officers. I'm coming to him because I know I need his help. So you got to get rid of you. You got to understand I can't do this. Remember Jehoshaphat. He had three armies coming up against him. But Jehoshaphat didn't turn to Jehoshaphat. He turned to God and he began to glorify God. And at the end of his prayer, he said, God, I don't know what to do. He humbled himself. He said, but my eyes is upon you. Some of us are walking in so much pride. We don't even know it's pride. We think it's normal. No, it is not normal until you can humble yourself up under the mighty hand of God. That's when you're going to be exalted in due season. So he was letting them know. He said, God opposes the proud. So this centurion knew it ain't about me. Then we would go in Luke, the ninth chapter, it talks about how we got to deny ourselves. That may lose interest in ourselves. He said, lose interest, lose desire, all of that in yourself. And then you can pick up, the, you can't even pick up the cross until you get rid of you. You can't pick up the cross. That cross represents suffering. He said, you got to pick up your cross daily. That means every day, not just Sunday. Not just on Bible study and Clem, but every day you denying yourself and you're saying it's not about me. I've been crucified with Christ. It's not about me. I have died. Christ have come alive in me. So I deny myself. I lose interest in myself. Self can't do what God has already done. So I'm just going to chime in in what he's already done. So you got to. Learn to deny yourself. When we look at ourselves so much on a daily basis, get in the mirror and just, oh, I'm, I just look good today. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to watch somebody do this or do that. Oh, if I put on this, I know somebody's going to say how good I look today. You ain't denied you. When you got to look in the mirror five, six, seven times before you come out the bathroom, it's about you. It ain't about Jesus. It's one thing checking yourself to make sure, okay, I, don't, I ain't got no stuff around my nose or I ain't got this going on. But to stay in the mirror and looking at yourself and then you're going to think you're going to go out and tell people about Jesus. No, it's going to be about you. So we have to deny ourselves. The centurion knew this. I'm staying here because this is the first thing we have to do. Deny. Get rid of yourself. It's not about me. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. I'm out to do a work for him. I'm an ambassador. I'm the one that he's sending to represent him, to bring forth the word of God. It is not about me. And until you can recognize that, don't go out. Because you're trying to make people see you. So the centurion recognized it's not about me. He's, he come to him in a humbling state. We got to come before him as little children. Being humble just like little children. And then I like the next verse. And saying, Lord, let's stop right there. First, he humbled himself. He got rid of himself. He said, it's not about me. It's not about me being a centurion soldier. It's not about having people up under me. It's not about having people looking up to me. Then he said, Lord. He said, Master. 
He was looking at him as being his master. Why? Because he made himself low. It was not about him. When you look at him as being Lord of your life, that means that you know it's not about you. He's Lord of my life. Whatever he say, that's what I'm going to do. Come on. You got to totally submit yourself to say whatever he says, that's what I'm going to do. That's why he called him Lord. Do y'all remember Paul on the road to Damascus? Paul thought he was all of this in a bag of chips. He knew that he studied under Gamaliel. He knew that he knew the Old Testament well. But when he come encounter with Jesus, when he had an encounter with Jesus and saw the light that was shining from heaven, he couldn't do nothing but fall on the earth. And the thing that he said, Lord, what would you have? He called him Lord. He made him Lord. He made him master right then because he knew that he was above him. He was down, y'all, blind. Then we look at going the Bible with Naaman. Y'all know he was a um, part of an army. And they looked up to Naaman because he was winning many battles, right? I think it's First Kings, the fifth chapter. He was, um, or Second Kings, the fifth chapter. He was winning many battles. But then he wanted to be healed of leprosy. He had someone in his house, which was a maid servant, and she began to tell him about this man, if he go see Elijah. So when he went to see Elijah, Elijah didn't even come out to him. What did Elijah do? He told him what he needed to do, but oh, he was such a big man and people looked up to him. He was so full of himself. I'm not doing that. I could have stayed where I was at and I could have dipped into those rivers from where I was at. He looked at the Jordan River as being nothing, as being nasty, as being defiled. But his servant had to bring back to him, if he told you to do some great thing, would you have done it? So he humbled himself. So we have to be in a state of humility in order to receive what God has already given us. And if you keep looking at you trying to get it done through you and trying every avenue except doing what God will want you to do, it's not going to work even though God has already given it to you. So this centurion, he said, Lord. So we understand what Lord means. He's our master. We want to do what he tells us to do. Now he's presenting his case. He's letting him know what's going on. But he had to recognize who Jesus was. He said, Lord, my servant, lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously um, ill, grievously tormented. So first thing he do, he knew he was Lord. He knew he was master. He began to present his case. He began to tell him what was going on with his servant. So check this, y'all. I want to say this to you. Do you know we can come to God on the behalf of someone else? When you have love in your heart. The love of God that's shed abroad through the Holy Ghost. When you see someone else going through, I don't care who it is. I'm talking about outside of family too. Because some of our prayers is just about our family. It ain't about nobody else. It ain't about people going through all over the nation. It's about the ones that we're close to. Come on, what if Jesus looked at us in that way? Well, Lord, I'm just going to save Israel. Forget about the Gentiles. He didn't do that. So when we go to him in prayer, even when we don't know how to pray, we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. 
And he began to pray on our behalf, on the behalf of others that we don't know anything about. And then we asked God to give us the interpretation of that tongue so we can pray it out in English. We need to quit being selfish and always going to God about me, myself, and I and other family members and say, God, outside of all of these, it's more than just my family. It's more than just us in need. It's a lot of people that's in the need of something. Here am I. Now you're humbling yourself. Because you ain't making it about what you want. You're making it about what he has already done. So he came on the behalf of his servant. So you can come on the behalf of other people. You can present the case unto him. What was he doing? He was letting him know this is what's going on with my servant. We know that God already knows because he's all knowing. But we're coming on the behalf of someone else. So he's saying he's tormented. He's tormented. He's grievously ill. So I'm saying you can go on the behalf of somebody else and they don't even have to be there. So he let him know what was going on. So whatever is going on in your life, whatever is going on in somebody else's life, present your case unto God. And when you present your case, you know why you present it? Because you know what God will is. This is the point. He knew what God's will was. Do not go to God if you don't know what his will is. His will is his word. Whatever his word say is his will. That's what the Bible say. And this is the confidence that I have in you. That whatsoever I ask according to your will. I know that you hear me God. And if I know that I'm praying according to your will and you hear me. I know I have the petition that I have asked for. That's in 1 John the 5th chapter. So if we know. What God will is, we can have some confidence, we can have some insurance that God has already answered us. But the problem is, we don't know his will because we don't go into the word of God and know what the word is saying. This is why when you hear somebody pray, Lord, if it's your will, cut, don't pray for me. Because you hear people coming to the altar and people say, oh, they pray so well. Oh, Lord, huh? I come to you today uh, huh, 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 and I'm asking, huh, yes, Lord, huh, huh, yes, Lord. And everybody hollering. Yes, Lord, huh, if it be thy will, huh, you can heal. Cut. You don't agree with that. That's outside of the word of God. They don't know what his will is. And everybody's sitting in there. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come by here, Lord. He's already here. That's ignorant gone to seed. Then when somebody come in to bring correction, they'd kick them out because they say, that ain't, that ain't what the words say. <laughs> you got to know what his will is. You don't pray outside of his will. Come on, I gave you a witness in 1 John. Go with me again to 1 John. Some people don't want to believe it. Lord, take the blinders off. Open up their heart, God, so they can receive this word for what it is, God. And not for what they want it to be. 1 John, the 5th chapter. Let's read it again. Amen. 1 John, the 5th chapter, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence that I have in you, Lord, that if I ask anything according to your will, he hear me. Y'all better get excited. He hear you. When you ask him according to his will, he said, oh, that's my daughter. That's my son. They know my will. Then the word says, and if we know, can somebody say, 
you gotta know that he hear us do you know God hearing you let's stop right there because I want to say something some of us saying I know God hear me I'm finna throw something in there if you know he hear you why you keep repeating yourself if you know God hear you why do you keep repeating yourself over and over again because you're not sure that God hear you but he said if you know that God hear you whatsoever we ask we know that we have the petition that we desire of him why do I have it because I asked according to his will that's why you got to get into the word of God and know what God's will is this is what I know it's not me that's grieved it's the Holy Spirit that's grieved on the inside of me when people come to people and they're going through and then they're giving them the word but then they're telling them but you better go do this You don't know what his will is. You spoke his will, but now you're telling people what they should go do. Why did you change your confession? You know why? Because you're afraid that if something happened, they're going to look at you. No, if you're speaking truth and you're speaking God's word, God's word don't fail. So you don't tell people God's word and then you say, but I need to tell you this part right here. If you don't go somewhere, you're going to die. Don't minister to me. (laughs) There ain't no ifs and buts with God. It is what it is. God meant what he said and he said what he meant and he's not going to change it. God is not man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it, shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it, shall he not make it good? Come on, when Balak wanted Balaam to curse Israel. God had to put words in whose mouth? Balaam's mouth to tell Balak. He said, whom God has blessed, no man can curse. It cannot be reversed. So why are we trying to change God's word? When we put the word out there, why are you trying to change it? You can't change it. It is what it is. The only problem is you, not God. Quit listening to these death reports. Because these death reports is bringing you death. They're not bringing you life. When somebody bring you a death report, you need to give them life from the word of God. Say, I hear what you're saying, but this is what God has already said. But we sit up there and listen to it and get down and out. Now we don't want to go to the grocery store. Now we're peeping out the window. Who, who, who that? The same person that came to your house last week that you let in. That's who it is. I don't know where they been. You ain't know where they was last week. Now it's another week and you sat there and listened to all them death reports. Now you're saying, hey, how you doing? I ain't coming out today. I believe I'm going to stay in today. Just call me. What's wrong, girl? Ain't nothing wrong, girl. Ain't nothing wrong. I'm just going to be before the Lord. Liar. Now you don't put him in your lie. Just tell him I got scared. Don't you know you have the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit is going to let you know who can come, who can't come, where you need to go, and where you don't need to go. So 
So we got to have confidence and assurance in him. And I'm going to say this. Yes, I'm going to say it because I know I'm unctioned to say it. Don't think because you got a shot, you okay. Shots don't save. I'm not telling you not to get one. Because all of us need a shot or something. We do. But when we get things that man say will help us, we do little dances. Woo! Thank you. When it run out, what you gonna do? When all that run out, they can't give you a check no more. They can't give you a shot of this no more and a shot of that. Who are you going to run to? You're going to say Jesus. But if you ain't been building yourself up in him, you could die right then. You cannot just take the word and think that I got it. No, you can't. Because that word got to be meditated on. That word got to get in your heart. That word got to be lived upon. You cannot just take it today and think you're going to live tomorrow. Because the enemy going to come and snatch it. Come on, let's quit faking it to make it. I'm going to tell you the truth. And anything that you take... And God know where you are. You better say, Lord, you the only one can save me. So Lord, everything that's coming out against me, even with this, I got to trust you. There's side effects to everything. You a side effect to yourself. You are. And don't even know it. People say, yeah, side effects to shots. You a side effect. Some of us is turning into lunatics without taking anything. By what we thinking. By where are we going. By going into lockdown. We acting more crazy than we were when we were going out. The only thing that saves you is this. It's the word and people don't want to take. Let me give you another scripture. Thank you, God. Y'all already know this. Go to Proverbs. Come on, just use your phone, use your iPad. But most of all, flip some pages. So you'll know how to use the word, amen? Because if that phone go out, that Wi-Fi go out, what you got? Take this Bible with you until you get it in you, amen? Proverbs 4, verse 20, I'm saying it again. Some people say, I know that. If you know it, you'll be living it. My son, attend to my words. That means incline your ear to my words. Let them unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. They got to be kept in the midst of your heart. For they are, this is where I'm going, for they are life. Unto those, y'all hear that part? Unto those that find them. And their health to all flesh, their medicine. The word of God brings life and it brings medicine. Who wouldn't want to take something that brings life and brings medicine? Now, don't get me wrong. 
Things of the world can help you, but how long? How long? This is why God wants us to depend on him first and foremost. Because everything changed except him because he said, I change not. See, what we got to understand is, even when we're dealing with the law, laws change. Y'all didn't know? They, they, they changing laws. Y'all don't know how laws have changed over the years? Things have changed tremendously over the years. That changed. But God said, what I have written will never change. So we should be standing on what never change. This is why when you see Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, when you see all of these people in the word of God, they are giving us encouragement for things that's coming right now today. They stood on what they believe outside of what they say they were going to do to them. How many of us are going to stand on what we believe outside of what they say they're going to do to us? God is going to take care of us. He's already proven it in his word. He's already written what he's already done. He said, just grab hold to me and quit grabbing hold to them. And then you will see. How are you going to see the hand of God if you got other mixtures in with God? You can't. God stands alone. He's Jehovah. He's self-existent. He don't need no help over here. Oh, people hate me right now. I'm glad you do because the word told me you're going to hate me because you hated him. Hallelujah. You don't hurt my feelings. You don't offend me. Because we need to know truth. The truth is the only thing that's going to save you. That's the only thing that's going to set you free. Somebody got to stand up for truth. And we Christians, some of us that say we're Christians, Christ-like, saints, set-apart ones, we over here with the world, going with the world and saying hallelujah to the world. Ain't no hallelujah to no world. No. And I want to say this too. We got some people. I have to say it. I ain't taking no shot. I just ain't taking no shot. You might as well take the shot. You're taking a shot of everything else. That aggravates me. You're taking a shot of fornication, adultery. You're taking a shot of lying. You're taking a shot of stealing. You're taking a shot of gossip. But now you don't want to take a shot because you say it's going to affect your body. That lying affects your body. That fornicating affects your body. That adultery affects your body. All of that affects your body. Them cuss words that's coming out your mouth. When the words say let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. What make you any difference? You still taking a shot. Oops. And you're putting everybody else down. Hmm. I don't want that to affect me. Facebook affecting you. What about that? You're taking a shot at that every opportunity you get. Then when they ain't acting right, you go to Instagram. Come on, let's lay it down. Come on, if we're going to live, let's live. According to him. Quit putting everybody else down. If you're going to serve him, serve him. 
You don't have to tell people all your business. Just live it. You did this. You did that. My life should show you what I'm doing. I don't have to tell you nothing. (laughs) Don't compare me. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've been through. You don't even know what I'm thinking about you. The only one know is God. He know my thoughts from afar off. Y'all, we need to quit playing. Come on, let's just be real. People in the church talking against each other. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. But you're doing that. Keep your mouth off of people. Because everybody got some skeletons in their closet that they're dealing with. You may not be dealing with that skeleton. They might be dealing with yours. But when y'all come together, there go two skeletons. That's why you got division everywhere. A divided house will not stand. That's why you need to wait on your mate. Don't bring anybody in your house because they look good and smell good and act like they got five dollars. Then you find out they buy the five dollars from the mama. You better know who you're getting connected with. That's why when you connect with him, when you're joined unto the Lord, when you become one spirit with him, you know you got the mind of Christ. (laughs) You know you got the wisdom of God, but some of us don't know that. Then we're ready to pray to God to get this heathen out my house. No, you marriage now. Whom God has joined together. Let no man separate. Lord, help them to separate us. Because I don't like them no more. Really don't love them. You loved them before. Oh, we got some quiet folks up in here now. It's all right. God still love you. Don't he don't. Let's get back to this teaching. We going back. Y'all see, I'm at two verses. And God got a lot to say out of two. And we don't even spend that much time waiting on him. Because we're too busy. We want to go about our business. This is one thing. Y'all help me to understand this. How many in here know if you don't work, you don't eat? How many know? Could you tell me why people not working now? Because they're getting help from government. When you get help from government, government control you. When government tell you they ain't going to give you nothing no more, that's when you're going to call upon Jesus. I advise you to go ahead and work and put the money in the bank that the government is giving you so when they cut you off, you can live. But my mean advisement is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. That means, God, I'm going to seek you first to see what you want me to do at this time because I know this is not going to last. Everything stops. And what you depend on, that's who you serve. Because you're dependent on that. And then you get hurt when they cut it off. Now you want to talk about your government. Now you want to talk about your president. What you talking about him for? You need to be praying for him. See, our problem is, I don't care what man you put in a seat. Everybody change. 
everybody change except God. God is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He's the great I am that I am. He's almighty. He's El Shaddai. He's the all sufficient one. So when we get to know who he really is, we're not worrying about what they do because he's going to show us how to live through what they're doing. How do I know? Woo, Jesus. That's all I can say. Thank you, Lord. So this is what he did. He told him what was going on. So he knew it was his will to heal him. So he brought him to the one that he knew could. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Look at there. He knew his will. He knew that Jesus would heal him. So he, he came to the healer. Who are you going to to heal you? Physically, mentally, and spiritually. And are you holding on to him the way you need to hold on to him? Then the next verse, listen at this verse. The satyrian answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof. You know what he was saying? He knew who he was. He knew he was a Roman soldier. He knew that the Gentiles and the um, Jews did not come together like that. He knew this. So he considered himself not being worthy. But let me tell you something. Jesus did not look at what somebody did or how they did it. Jesus was bringing the kingdom. He was letting them know what they needed at that time. So don't look at yourself. I'm not worthy enough to be healed. I ain't prayed enough to be healed. I ain't did this enough to be healed. I ain't did that. Oh, God can't prosper me because I'm this and I'm that. And it's not about you. It's about him. God had to use his son to save us because we couldn't save ourselves. And salvation is a total package. It's healing, it's deliverance, it's prosperity, it's protection, it's everything. So when we come to him, he don't see us, he see his son. So Jesus wanted him to know, I don't see your unworthiness. I see your heart. See, God was seeing that, Jesus was seeing that you believing in me. You're not trusting in yourself, y'all don't get it. So when you come to him, you're not coming to him to say, look what I've done. I paid my tithes. I went to the nursing home. I went to the prison. And guess what? God, COVID was all around, but I went. You better make sure you say. He, he, uh, he don't look at all of that. So Jesus said, I will come and heal him. He said, I'm not worthy that you could, should come under my roof. But this is what he said. He said, But speak the word only. Wait a minute. I want y'all to hear that part. But speak the word only. Did y'all see anything else in there? Did y'all see anything else? He said, but speak the word only. And my servant shall be here. What did he ask for? The word only. He knew the word was the medicine. He knew the word was going to bring what? Life. So he said, only thing I want you to speak is the word. That's it. I don't want nothing added to it. I don't want nothing taken away from it. Is y'all Bible saying the same thing? It said, but speak the word only. So does that say, Willie, that the word need help? Does that say?
say, Sister Niece, Jennifer, that the word need help? Did y'all see anywhere in there that when we come to God, we say, God, I know you say you're going to prosper me. Um, so go ahead and prosper me. But while you in the midst of prospering me, I'm going to go try to get this loan. Did it say that? He said, but speak the word only. The problem is we don't know what the word is. When you don't know what the word is, you can't speak the word. When you ain't been in the word and the word ain't in you, you're going to speak opposite to the word. Because guess what? You get anxious. Because you know what's going on. Come on, when your body is racked in pain, you ain't got time to see if the word's going to work. I'm going to take this and I'm going to speak the word. Do that until you get to the place you need to be. Do it. God ain't going to hate you. Get yourself set, your body settled down. You got four hours to do it. Tylenol settled you for four. Start speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Then they go another four hours. Then you take it. Speak the word. Speak the word. Get you some in-betweens until you get to the place. Everybody can't do without a leave and Tylenol and all of that because they ain't got to the place yet. Take it and get to the place of speaking. But don't just, don't take nothing and go out. Oh, Jesus, I'm healed, Jesus. I'm he- What's wrong with you? I'm the healed of the Lord. Why are you walking like that? I'm the healed of the Lord. Oh! That's what some people do. Ignorant gone to see. How'd you? What's wrong with you? You got COVID. I'm the healed of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Did y'all realize during this pandemic, you can't sneeze, you can't cough, you can't get no ache because you done been labeled COVID. It's done come to your house. We done put faith in Lysol. It's going to kill the COVID. At least it'll keep it. You can't do nothing now. You can't. Come on, then you get home all around everybody hacking and coughing all around everybody. Everybody sitting around you while you're hacking and coughing. And in their mind they're saying, I want to ask them if they got COVID. I don't know how. What's wrong with you? (laughs) We had a teacher. I think Teresa and I remember this teacher in sixth grade. She would look at you and say, what's wrong with you? We thought she had a problem. But she thought we had a problem. <laughs> so what am I telling you, y'all? Oh, oh, the word is so good. Because God said when you don't hear nothing, you're healthy. <laughs> when you hear something, you start sneezing. Your body react to what is being fed. What are you feeding your body? For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. If you feed your body sickness every day, your body ain't going to do nothing but get sick. If you feed your body words of death, that's what your body is going to receive is death. When it already have life in it to overcome the death that's coming to your house. Your body is the temple. And I want to ask y'all this. Y'all please help me with this one. We say we trust God, right? 
We lean, we depend, we rely on him, right? Some people trust him enough to work eight hours around people they really don't know, that ain't even saved. But to come into the house of the Lord and sit amongst people, we can't even enjoy the word from watch. I done watched them wipe their nose. I don't know how many times. They might not should be in here. But you own the job, working hard for the money. So hard for the money. Until I get it. Is that it? Right? I don't know it. Who's singing that? Is that you, Jamie? See? We do that, don't we? We get on that job and we keep our mind on paycheck. Your body follows your mind. So if your mind ain't on COVID and it's on paycheck, COVID can't come near you. Y'all be thinking I'm playing. But this ain't nothing but truth. This is nothing but truth. Whatever you talk about the most is what you receive. It's the truth. Your body only reacts to what is fed. When you have pain in your body, guess what? And that pain been there for decades. When that pain leave the body, you wonder where it went. And then it come right back. Truth. Because you had it so long, it has taken up residence. So you calling it my pain. You are. That's mine. It's just like a child. Come on, pain. Come with me today. I can't leave home without you. Come on, Arthur. You know you follow me everywhere I go, Arthur. Some people follow in the disability office. Don't want God to heal them. They just want to get their check. And still saying, God is a healer. Well, why are you in the disability office? Because you want the check. You're tired of working. And don't notice a waiting period. How long you willing to wait? But the Bible says those that wait upon the Lord shall renew. He, it's a promise. He said you shall renew your strength. You shall. He didn't say mount down. Because see an eagle soars. Right? But see, God already know your manipulating self. He already know who manipulating, calling on him. Well, Lord, I want to do it, but uh, I just can't. And I believe disability will help me get closer to you. You know my limitations, God. You feeding your body death. But when they tell you they can't give you disability, disability. <laughs> You got this old, this old Billy. The Holy Spirit is funny, ain't it? You going to work like this. I'm going to make it. I can make it, Lord. I can make it. I can leap over the wall. Y'all don't use that term, disobility. Are you on disobility? No, I'm on this young ability. <laughs> so we see y'all. God is just so hilarious, isn't he? 
He got to wake some of you up because some of you have a tendency to fall asleep on the word and that's what you need, right? I know how to wake some people up with Numbers 2319. Willie, I didn't tell you to answer that. You told on yourself. So listen at this, y'all. Verse 9. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he do it. So guess what this man did? He knew that if the word was spoken, his servant would be healed. But he said he knew about authority. I'm going there. He knew that he was a uh, Roman soldier, satyrian. He had men up under him, so he knew he could tell them what to do, and they would do it. So God wants to find out, do you know your authority? Do you know what God has given you? God has given you dominion. He's given you authority. He's given you right to rule over his creation. If his creation is not doing what God created it to do, he's given you the right to use his authority through using his word to tell it to get back into the place that God intended for it to be. He has given you that right. He has given you that authority. If you don't know your authority, you will bow down to anything. Guess when we start using natural authority? When we get a high up position, we want people to know I'm in charge here. You don't tell me, I tell you. And if you can't listen to what I say, you can keep it moving. We do that in the natural, right? You know why? Because we're full of pride. We want people to know I'm the boss up in here. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we do nothing and we say nothing. But we can get on jobs. Or we can have positions in church and we want people to know, listen here. I got put over this. So you can even listen or sit your behind down. I ain't talking about acting like that. See, that's because we want people to hear us, see us, and be attached to us. Hear me, see me, be attached to me. We don't want to feel rejected. You don't have to throw your weight around like that. See, this man knew what authority meant. This is why Jesus told his disciples, go to Matthew 10.1. Just flip over a page. Listen what it's saying. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, look at disciples are learners or followers of Jesus Christ. First, you got to be a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. He gave them power. That means authority against. Look what they had the power, the authority against. Unclean spirits to cast them out. How many of us have cast out a demon? First, you got to get it out of you. You think everybody got something except you. Unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal. Listen at this. All manners of sickness and all manners of diseases. Look what he gave them authority to do. He gave them the right to rule and reign over these things. They don't have the authority over them. Those demons don't. We have authority over the demons. They don't have authority over us. We have authority over sickness and disease. It don't have authority over us. It don't have right to rule over us. We rule over it. And what do we do? We bow down to these things. 
Because some people say, oh, it's just natural. It was in my family. So I guess it just come on me. Everybody in my family got it. I'm in the family of God. I'm in the kingdom of God. That is not in my bloodline. My, my brother shed too much blood for that to come to my house. But we forget what family we're in now. We're in the kingdom of God. We're citizens. We're ambassadors. That means when stuff come to attach to us, we say, oh no, you don't attach here. You come to the wrong house. Go in the name of Jesus. Because he said, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So we have to use our authority to come against it. Things are going to come at you. Y'all didn't know? You're in the world, but you're not of the world. So things are going to try to come at you. But when you know who you are, when it's knocking at you, don't get away from me in the name of Jesus. Because God has given you authority and right over that. He said that he has given you. Go to Luke 10, 19. I love turning my Bible. Don't y'all love turning your Bible? Love turning your Bible? Love turning your Bible? I got a song. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. That's the enemy. If he giving you the power, you walking the dog all over them. You got power to walk the dog all over them. And guess what he said? And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means is that the word. Why are we running? Christians, why are we running? If he's giving us that power and might, why are we running? No, we don't tempt God either. When you know you're not in a place to believe God for $5, why are you out there trying to win the lotto? And then putting God's name behind it. And Lord, if I win this money, I'm going to give Apostle and, and Brother James the best anniversary. Don't put me in your mess. But if you win, I'll pray over and keep it. Just don't tell me where it come from. Because some of y'all might be putting a lot of money in here, but thank God we wash it clean. I ain't giving it back to you. Go and sing no more. It's the truth. Wait, I ain't going to sit here and... Go in there with the deacons and say, let's pray to see where this money comes. No, let's pray for more. The wealth of the wicked. It's stored up for the righteous. I'm righteous today. Bring it on. And go and sin no more. Now you done paid off the church. Come out of there. Go and sin no more. We got what we needed. Go and sin no more. Somebody you don't even want to pay your tithes, but you're paying lotto. Can't even give a dollar in the church, but you're going out there getting five and ten every day and clear out, you're broke. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Some of you paying lotto at McDonald's. Yeah. You don't want to give to the kingdom. 
but you're giving you little dollars to eat these dollar meals, and then you need somebody to pray for you with all the sodium. Come on, y'all, it's true. It's true. So he said he has given us authority. He has given us right. So the problem is we're not using what we had. Y'all, I am so tired of tradition. I'm so tired of people making noise. And there's no action behind it. People get behind the pulpit and huff and puff just like a wolf. Then when something comes, they're running from the wolf. Come on. Get up there and just preach and people throwing handkerchiefs and, and they just, yeah, preach, yes, yes, yes. Then when something come up, no, no, no. Ain't no more yeses, it's clear the house. Come on. You can catch us on www. This is true. Where is the church? Come on. Building's empty. Job's not empty. You got more people working in these, what, what you, factory, whatever you call them, and people right there around each. How far are they going to put you apart when you got to work a machine together? But you can't come in the house of God to fellowship. One with the, we got more power in here. If we knew what we had, nothing can land on you because you know who you are. You got life in you. And we don't want to come to get, oh my goodness. But we'll go on these jobs and talk in people's face. Eat together at lunch. Come on. We build up faith when we know the money ain't going to come in. We build up a lot of faith enough to go to work. Faith enough to, Lord, keep me out of danger. You know my baby's got to eat. And I ain't getting enough of this and I ain't getting enough of that. But Lord, he will keep you in perfect peace. This is the key. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts him. When you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you ain't going to lean to your own understanding. You're going to acknowledge him in all your ways. You're going to go to him when everything pop up. You're going to say, okay, Father, you already knew it was coming before it was coming. So, Father, show me how to deal with this. He said, I gave you a helper, baby. Your help of the Holy Spirit. He's going to be there to teach you. He's going to be there to lead and guide you. He's going to be there to comfort you. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. He walks alongside of you. But don't forget, he's there to help you. He's there to lead you. So let him lead you instead of you leading yourself. Let him tell you what to do. He's only going to testify of me, the word. He's only going to tell you what the word has to say. So you got to get in the word to know what the word is saying. So when the Holy Spirit is speaking, you know that he is speaking. If you're not in the word, you're not going to know who's speaking. So we have a helper. So he has given us authority, y'all. He has given us authority. But if you're not using that authority, then what do you expect? 
God has given us everything that we need because the Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty who they through God. God has given us these weapons. We cannot just sit down and just hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. You got to open your mouth. And you got to speak with authority that's been given to you. And quit, oh Lord. And y'all getting happy off the old Lord. And you cry, oh Lord, Jesus. Yo, he motions and she motions. Somebody got to rise up and say, shut up and come out in the name of Jesus. Come on. Somebody got to rise up and speak the word. Speak what the word has to say. That's what God wants us to do. If you go with the word of God, that's all they did was speak the word. When they went in battle, guess what? The word came before the battle. God told them, you already won David. Remember when they was um, coming against um, David? What was that camp? Um, Help me, Holy Ghost. David left because of Saul. He went into the camp of the Philistines. He was staying there. But then they came and they burnt that camp. And then the people, they took the people with them, the wives, the children and everything. And they was going to um, come against David. But David began to cry out to the Lord. It'll come to me. The Holy Spirit going to give it to me. Somebody already know what I'm talking about. He began to cry out to the Lord. And he asked the Lord, the Lord, he said, what do I need to do? The people was coming up against him. But he sought the Lord. And the Lord said, pursue. He, he was already going to. You shall recover all. That's what the Lord was telling him. So David took God at his word. And guess what? David went in there and he recovered all. So what am I saying? You got to know your authority. David knew his position. He knew what he had to do outside of the people coming up against him. We need to know what we need to do outside of what's coming up against us. We need to take our positions. The weapons of the Lord are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. A stronghold is a fortress that you have built up in your mind due to your way of thinking, due to your way of hearing foolishness on the news, on the radio, through family, through friend. You done build up a fortress in your mind saying, I'm going to die. If I go here, if I go there, I'm going to die. God said, no, you're going to live and not die. You're going to declare the works of the Lord, but you cannot do it without me. You can't do it. Ziglag, thank you. You cannot do it without the word of God, y'all. You cannot do it without the word. Quit trying to fix stuff outside of the word. The word is what brings life. So this centurion knew that Jesus, which was the word, was going to bring life, was going to bring healing to his servant. He said, just speak the word. He said, I know your authority. I know when you command the word. I know what's going to happen when you command it. I don't need for you to come to my house. I don't have to come to your house. You don't have to come to mine. When you present it to me, I'm going to send the word where you are. And I'm going to expect that word to touch down where you are. Why? Because the angels of the Lord hearken unto the voice of God. And they're going to take that word where it need to 
what's happening now. He sent the word. Didn't it say he sent it? Y'all know the word was Jesus, right? He sent Jesus down here on the earth. The word became flesh and dwelled among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of the one and only begotten son who came in grace, who came in truth. And when he walked the earth, everything that come up against him that was contrary to the word, he killed it with life. He sent the word. The word healed diseases. The word saved. The word did everything that it need to do. Why? Because God sent it to do that. He said, my word ain't coming back to me void. It's not coming back up to me empty. That was Jesus. Jesus ain't coming back to me void. He ain't coming back to me empty. You cannot kill him before it's time because the word is going to accomplish that which I please and it's going to succeed in what I sent him to do. And Jesus didn't go back to the father until he made a way for us. The way was made. He said, it is finished. And he said, when I go to the father, you still not going to be alone because I'm going to send you the promise of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be orphans. You're not going to be left alone. I'm going to send you everything that you need. When you call on him, he's going to answer you. Come on, he's going to show you great and mighty things. That you don't know anything about. God can, God will. It's already done. We got to understand what we have. What God has given us. Come on, you got to use what you have. It's time for the church to rise up. God ain't going to change if we leave here today. God's word remains the same. God's going to keep doing what he do with or without you. But I don't know about you. But before I leave, I want to make sure I have done Everything that God has called me to do. I don't want to stand before the father. And don't hear well done. See I want me some crowns y'all. I just don't want to stand before him. And don't get my crown. See that's why you need to be before him. And get to know him. And know that he knows all things. So this man he knew. The centurion knew. So when we get to that verse. About the authority. He knew about authority, so we have to use our authority that he has given us. But then Jesus, when he heard it, Jesus marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Israel was his covenant people. This centurion was a Gentile. Where am I going? You getting sinners, getting healed. Getting delivered and set free and haven't even accepted Jesus. And you got saints set apart ones still with aches and pains and still calling on him for help. Something's wrong with the picture. The Bible says signs and wonders shall follow those that believe. If you are a believer, you should have signs and wonders following you. The sinner, when you go up to them and you give them what God's word is saying, man, they just melt and they receive it and they leave healed, delivered and set free. We as believers, show me a sign. 
The Bible say when you believe, when you are believer, signs shall follow those that believe. Why do we get so amazed, believers? When we see demons cast out, when we see people healed, when we see people prospering, we're like, oh God, God did it. You should know that it was already done. You just delivering what he's already done. You just a messenger. So Jesus said, I have not found this kind of faith in the church. He said, this is a centurion that ain't even connected to us. But yet he believed that I am who I say I am. He know my authority. He know I can speak the word and my servant will be healed. And I got some that's believers that don't even believe when the word come out of their mouth is already done. What's wrong with the church? We got too much of the world in the church. Go to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. I'm just moving as the Holy Spirit say move. Fourth chapter, verse two. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The word got to be mixed with faith. To them that heard it. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. Because they were not united by faith with them that heard the word. See, you got to be united, y'all. You can't say you believe God. And then on the other hand, I got to see it before I believe it. If you believe God, you ain't worrying about what you see or what you don't see. You know it's already done. Because he is who he say he is. The more time we spend with God, the more we can be like that house that was built upon the rock. Though the storms came, the wind, whatever came, it was built upon a rock. Why? Because they heard the word. They stood on the word. That house could not be blown down. But those that did not hear the word, they built their house on sand. And it sunk. So God is saying... Where is the church in a time like this? We got the churches divided. They are so divided. We got some that, y'all, people built these million dollar churches and fleed. Churches are saying now, if you do not have a shot, you can't come in. What make COVID any different from a flu shot? Why didn't they shut the doors when they had flu shots? You know why? Because we they're receiving death sentences. If you in him and he's in you, you covered. The churches are coming against each other because some people got shots and some don't. Don't you know what the enemy is doing? If I choose something you didn't choose, why are you mad at me? I'm going to love you opposite because that's where you are. But don't curse me. Don't curse me or curse nobody else. Because they didn't do what you did. That's what you chose to do. 
Everybody have a choice. You had two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They chose evil. Satan was already in the garden, the tree. They chose death. It was life and death in that garden. They chose death. Did God get mad at them because they chose death? No, because my God already had a plan because he was all knowing. He even clothed, he even put clothing on them. The blood was shed in the garden. God already had the plan. You go ahead and name them animals because I'm going to use one of them to clothe you. Go name them. Name one old the blood. Because the blood is going to come in. And it's going to take care of you. God was still taking care of them. So we need to keep our mouths off of each other. Quit trying to talk people into doing what you've done. So if you die, you're going to talk me into dying? Please, people. If my husband make a decision that I'm not in agreement with, am I going to agree with him if it's wrong? No, I'm not. If that's what you choose to do, you do it. But I choose life. Because either way, I'm going to live. Do y'all hear me? The problem with the church is the church is scared to die and preaching about death, burial, resurrection. The church is scared to die. And they the one preaching on death, burial. You know, you know, God is God. The problem is the church don't want to give up the world. They think they're living too good. I'm just going to be honest with you. You got you a nice wife and a Gentile husband and nice cars and a nice house and the children okay right now. They love you to death. So you ain't through living down here. So you trying to cover yourself to stay here. The problem is we have a fear of death. But Jesus knew that this man had more faith in him than the ones that were supposed to be in covenant with him. Church, where we are, where are we when it comes to God? What are we telling people? Ain't no but when it comes to God. When we give them the word, we leave it there. And if you don't have a surety of the word yourself, just hush. But you can say this. Tell them, say, you know what? Outside of me, the word is still the word. If the word says that he's already prospered you, he's already prospered you outside of your debt. That's what the word said. Whether I believe it, whether you believe it, believe it. It's the word. And that's what we stand on. Leave it there. Now, don't go after that and say, but if you don't pay your mortgage, they're going to put you out. I just need to tell you that. Don't you know common sense? No, they already know that. Jesus didn't come preach death. He came to preach life. That's what we're supposed to be preaching is life. So after Jesus told him that, go down to verse 13. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Y'all, that's happening today. It's happening today for those that are hearing the word, that is taking the word for what it is, 
They're not looking to their situation. They're looking to the word and they're going their way because they know they already have it in the spirit. And the more that they trust God, it's going to manifest in the natural. Our problem is if we don't see it, if we don't hear it, if we can't touch it, we feel like God ain't done it. But we're spiritual beings. It has already happened in the spirit. Remember your three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit has everything that you need. Your soul has to be renewed every day to connect with your spirit so it can flow to your body. And the problem that we have in the church is we're saying, I don't feel it. It don't look like it's happened. So let me pray again. No, it's already done. God can, God will, it's already done. See, people are trying to tell you if it's God's will because they know, feeling like, well, if it don't happen, they can't say, I did something. No, know what God's will is. Stand on his will. You don't go on this body. Because your body is going to tell you many things. And your body is going off of the way you think. When you think pain, your body has pain. When you think you're not going to have nothing, you see yourself with nothing. But when you think according to the word, you're seeing in the spirit. And as you see in the spirit, it's going to manifest in the natural. It's up to you. We need to quit playing games. Because fear has a name. And that name ain't Jesus. And the more you hang around people that's talking about this pandemic, the more you are going to become afraid of it. And the more you're going to be looking for it when you're going in and out of places. Yes, we're supposed to be cautious. But I want to ask all of y'all a question. Were you cautious when you wiped your nose and shook somebody's hand before this pandemic came? Were you cautious when you put tissue in your pocket, blow your nose, put it back in your pocket, and then blow it again and wipe it all over your face and kiss your wife? Were you cautious then? Were you cautious when you went in the bathroom and you saw how nasty your toilet was and you didn't take precaution to clean it before you sat down on it again and you saw the pee-pee all over it and you sat on it? Were you cautious then? Were you cautious when people were coming in your house and you know it was nasty and you didn't care and clothes was all over the place and filthy were you cautious then and you still lived it's because you didn't think about the filth you just lived with the filth and you made it but now you bringing COVID in your house spraying everything and COVID is still there because it's in your mind get it together people you're cleaning more than you ever clean and you still scurred Flicking boogers. <laughs> Digging in your nose. Shaking people's hands. Going to the bathroom, not even washing your hands and coming out and cooking it and y'all eating it. That's why I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually come. You better bless him all the time because everything that you eat and you don't know who cooked it, you don't know what they put in it. Please, y'all, let this light bulb come on. You don't know what you eating, but you eating it. You don't know what effect it's going to have on your body, but you're going on about your business. But soon as somebody said, 
pop up on TV. If you've been drinking this drink, you can call 1-800-MY-LAWYER. Because you can have a case. Oh, Lord. Never thought about now. All of a sudden, these are the symptoms that will occur from this drink. Oh, Jesus, I got a case. You never worried about a symptom. You never thought about a symptom until it popped up on the television screen. I had this girl, Jennifer might remember her. Every time she had a symptom, she called it something. Them doctors racked up on this chick. Y'all, they racked up on this chick. Because this girl would say, this is wrong with me, this is wrong with me, that's wrong with me, that's wrong with me. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm so tired of her talking about everything that's wrong with her. So finally she met this preacher man. The preacher man told me this himself. He said, I know she was kind of messed up in her mind, so I invented a disease. And I told her, it's called this disease. She went to the doctor and told her she needed surgery for that disease. Because she was so messed up in her mind. What am I saying? Your mind controls your body. And until you grab hold to this word for real... You're going to be just like a merry-go-round. And the enemy knows that. The enemy set us up in the womb. When we come out of the womb, the things that was around us and the things that we picked up through growing up, it settled within us and that's what we come to believe. But it's time now, y'all, to believe what this word is saying outside of everything else. This is what the centurion done. This man was paralyzed. He was tormented. He was in pain. He believed that Jesus could heal him. He did not have to come to his house. He knew Jesus had the authority to do it. This is speaking volume to us as a church. We need to rise up in the authority that he has given us. But you cannot do it without the power of the Holy Ghost. You cannot be an effectual witness. See, some of y'all are just saved. You have the Holy Spirit in you to identify that you belong to God. You are sealed unto the day of redemption. But to be an effectual witness for him, for the signs and the wonders, the Holy Spirit got to come upon you. And the evidence of that is speaking in tongues. That's how people know you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it may not even be the tongues that you're speaking in. You don't have to speak in them and let people know. But the signs and wonders are following those who have the power that's coming upon them. Jesus could not even do a work for the Father until the power of God come upon him. He was 30 years old when he went into ministry. God is letting you know you just don't jump behind no pulpit because your mama done it, your daddy done it, your sister done it, your brother done it. And trying to copy the preacher and do what they're doing in the church is saying, amen. It is not so because you got to be a learner and a follower of Jesus before you get behind anything. You can't even deliver yourself. If you can't deliver yourself at home, why are you trying to go out and deliver somebody else? It starts at home. If you can't take the word as your medicine for yourself, why are you trying to lay hands on somebody else when you got the spirit, the spirit of life 
the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus is in you. And it has overcome the law of sin and death. So what am I saying? If we cannot activate for ourselves when stuff is going on in our lives, why are you out there trying to play church? If you can't stand on these things at home, why you want to get up here and tell people something and you at home crying like a baby and singing, come by him. Come on, somebody. Then get in church. Oh, God is a good God. Yes, he is. God is a good God. Yes, he is. is that it? Huh? Come on. Sing it. Jamie Happy. See, what's in you is going to come out of you. Because Jamie be singing all the time. He's good, y'all. But we have to know who we are now that we're in Christ. And we got to know the benefits that we have. You know what people know by what come out of their mouth. And if they're speaking deaf all the time, that's all they know. But we're supposed to give them life. But some, so many people are built up on death. And people call this, y'all. All of us in this room, I pray we have common sense. Common sense tell you not to touch a stove or you're going to get burnt. But we have wisdom from above and it precedes common sense. So we have to ask God, what would you have for me to do? In this situation that go beyond what man would do. If I'm doing what man is doing, that's not God. That's why Paul said the wisdom that he brought to man, he bought it with demonstration. See, if you're not bringing anything with demonstration, if God is not seeing your life, if they're not seeing your life representing the kingdom, they're thinking you're just like them. If they're seeing you doing what they do, they don't know the God that you serve. But if they're seeing your life flourishing like a palm tree and growing like a cedar in Lebanon, they're going to say, what is she doing? Because it's not what I'm doing. So I want to tap into what she's doing Because she's making it. She's living. That's how people gravitate to you. The life that you live. And it should be coming from the word of God. The word of life. So we see the word right. Y'all heard the word. Healing is available in this room today. God has given you his word. And the only thing you got to do is believe it and receive it. So whatever is going on in your body. Whatever your body is is coming um, 
whatever's coming against your body, right now we're going to speak healing, no matter what it is. I don't even have to know what it is. Only thing God tells us to do is command what belongs to us. We command it because he has given us what? Authority. Remember, he said, if you speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus... I speak to every sickness, to every disease that's in this room right now in Jesus' name. And I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I command back pain to go in the name of Jesus. I command headaches to go in the name of Jesus. I command migraines to go in the name of Jesus. I command every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every joint, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint to come into alignment with this word. By Jesus Christ, you are already healed. Now be healed, become healed right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you right now that it's done, God. And we're going to go our way, giving you glory that you have already done what you said. God can, God will, and it's already done in Jesus' name. God is good all the time. God is good. I want to ask, I'm going to call her Sister Erica. Did I get your name right? In the back. I'm sorry. Right? Uh Uh-huh. Come on. Can you hand her the mic, honey? 